Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Week one is in the books. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. What are your thoughts from Monday night? It, it, well, first off, it's just been an unprecedented 2020, but it really feels good to have football back, it to does. get settled into that rhythm of Sunday all day, and then Monday night football it was great. Even though my Giants took an L last night, I'll be okay. We will move forward. No, you ain't going to be okay. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. It's going to be a lot of L's. I'm not going to have you put that negative energy on me. Not right now. No, it's just going to be a lot of It's 6 a.m. in the morning. It's going to be a lot of L's, man. Stop just it. Buckle your seat. It was good, though. Football, it's, it's good. That's all I can tell you. It's good to have it back. Um, you know, I'm glad that the Monday night doubleheader's over with, though, because – because I'm trying to watch that second game, man. It's late, There's man. Second late game, it was like, jeez. You know, and, and the only reason why my eyes kept opening and closing is because I kept hearing Lewis Riddick's voice. Lewis Riddick, and I'm just like, I'll wake up, you know. And But it was one of those tough, that was a tough watch. I kept hearing, call timeout. Call timeout. <laughs> that's that's what I kept hearing. Let's get into that right away. So it's ironic, but they're going to wake up Tuesday in Denver, and the Broncos are going to be the one kicking themselves, even though Tennessee had all the kicking problems. And we're kicking off a new era for Ben Roethlisberger, who said he's back to win multiple Lombardis. A lot of people thought entering year 17 he'd be close to the end. But to Jay's point, essentially, Jay, since you brought it up, why don't we get your thoughts on it? Tennessee driving down the field, down one. The Broncos with three timeouts in their pocket. After the two-minute warning, choosing not to use them. The craziest thing of all, with about 31 seconds to go, Derrick Henry took the ball down to the Broncos 12, and then it was Tennessee that called timeout. If someone's going to call timeout there, it wasn't Denver. It was Tennessee. They left him in their pockets, fellas, and it was too late. The Broncos had 17 seconds left, and they got the ball back. They were down. But 17 seconds, three timeouts, not using them on defense. What are you going to do on offense? It it makes no sense. Uh, Vic Fangio basically at the end of the day put his team in a bad situation and and I'm sure you know the players on the sideline was wondering what is going on how come there's no timeouts being called now you you should burn at least two timeouts in that situation to leave yourself enough time on the clock if in fact the field goes made or missed either or but in this situation you know what they just he I, I guess he thought because the field goals was he was struggling. Koskowski was struggling all night long, and they hadn't been really moving the football at a rapid rate. He felt like, okay, I can just wait for things to go down. We'll he'll either miss the field goal, and if he makes it, we'll have enough time left on the clock, and we'll have three timeouts. But that's the wrong approach. Real quick, Jay, before we get your thoughts, let's hear Fangio. That's essentially what Key thinks Fangio is thinking. Here's what Vic was actually thinking down the stretch with those tos in his pocket. Oh, I guess we don't have it. Essentially, he essentially said, look, you're right. Goskowski missed three field goals and an extra point. He was having enough, a rough, rough night, night, Jay. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he said, that's, that's enough the sample size I needed to see. Uh, Go ahead, Jay. Uh, I was say, the difference between getting the ball back with a minute, if you actually utilize your timeouts as opposed to 17 seconds on the back end. How do you – I just don't understand. You know, Key, you and I, we talk about this all the time. He has 33 years of coaching experience in the NFL. Vic. 33 years of coaching experience in the NFL. That was probably the worst it. clock management I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. Andy Reid like, it's inexcusable. You know, yeah. But you know that seat is hot, though, when you're sitting in it as a head coach yeah. opposed to as a defensive coordinator. As a defensive coordinator that he's been or assistant coach for a long time, this is his first head coaching job after 30, I want to say 31 seasons as an assistant. He finally got an opportunity to be a head coach. And you reminded me, of a game a year ago against the Indianapolis Colts where – 
he basically did the same thing, Z. Yeah, the the Broncos were struggling. They were going nowhere. They weren't going to make the playoffs. They were in Indy. Joe Flacco was their quarterback before he went out for the neck injury and obviously has left the organization. And essentially the Broncos, instead of going in for the points, trying to go for six late in the game, that again, was just a moral victory. They weren't going anywhere. It was early in the season. They weren't eliminated from the playoffs, but they showed no signs of life. And Flacco, right after the game in the post-game press conference, essentially said to Vic Fangio, not directly to him, but through the media, fellas, what do we have to lose here? We're not a great team. We're building. Why don't we take chances? Why don't we take opportunities? And you yourself, Key, said when you played for a conservative, defensive-minded oh, head coach, man, my you stomach hurts. frustrated mm. as Flacco. Well, because defensive-minded coaches, you want them to have the head coaching job. Right. I don't want to take that away from them. But it seems like, to me, the responsibility of clock management our great friend Herm Edwards. Yes. <laughs> Clock management issues, right, Evan? <laughs> you know, Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles. Even Andy Reid. And in preseason coaches. 2019, but, Andy Reid. Exactly. But when you think about but when you think about defensive minded coaches, right. it's like they I don't know, they just they think that the defense is always gonna stop somebody and they're gonna get the ball back and they can kick field goals to win games. They never wanna push the envelope down the field to score. Points. It's always kick a field goal and play defense instead of just mashing. You know, it's 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 one of those deals where I'm like, man, I don't want to play for a defensive coach because they just they don't want to throw the ball. They want to run the ball. When you get in the red zone, they're afraid to throw it. They want to run it. Then they want to kick the field goal. They rather win nine to three instead of forty to seven. The one zero baseball game. Yeah, it's like <laughs> God. Well, and they stopped running play action. I mean, and that's why I feel like Drew Locke, when he got into that rhythm, that's when he was at his best. It just, those are the type of questions when you watch this team play, you watch this coaching style, as you just alluded to, you get frustrated because they have the weapons. I mean, even without the number one wide receiver, they still had options. They without still had sudden, weapons. They still had it. Noah Fan had a pretty good game. Uh, Melvin Gordon had a pretty good game. So when you start to look at what they have from an offensive standpoint, they didn't put up a whole lot of points, obviously. They probably could have used some more points, but – in the end, they had an opportunity to maybe win that game, but walking away with timeouts in your pocket to the podium at the end of the game serves you nothing. And to Jay's point, not only did Corden Sutton play, not play last night with the AC joint, you had Von Miller out for the season. If you watched the game last night, A.J. Bouye, he left the game early. Philip Lindsay, undrafted free left agent stud from the Denver area, he left Jerry the game Judy early. Jerry Judy looked good, though. He really did. First he round pick, good. the highest drafted Broncos receiver in the history of the franchise. He was drafted 15th overall. They had never drafted a wide receiver that high, and to Jay's point, he looked great. Really? Jay, yeah, never drafted yeah. anybody higher. They've had some great ones, like the Three Amigos. You remember all those yeah. guys with Elway in the Anthony 80s? Anthony Miller. Absolutely. But he had came from ones. San Diego, I think. They've had some great ones. Rod Smith was undrafted. Undrafted. So all the great ones. <laughs> McCaffrey came over, free agency. Yep. You would just think for Gaskowski, like a guy who actually is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. You, you would think that as a head coach, if, if even if you did have way more experience as a, as a D.C., right? Right. Yeah. You would say, hey, I'm probably from a risk mitigation perspective, like I'm probably not going to bet that he's going to miss that one, even though he's missed a lot throughout the course of the game. But even but even up into the point where they started to move the ball with Derrick Henry kind of turned the corner on you. They hit a few. Now start using your timeouts. Let one or two plays go by and see what they do before exactly. you start using the timeouts. But he refused to do it. I, you know, oh, well. 
to enhance Jay's point, great point by Jay, even though he did struggle the three missed field goals and one missed extra point, when it does count, when you're he, talking about he Canton. He kicks it, yes. He's 12 of 13 in his career <laughs> on go-ahead field goals in the fourth quarter, and Jay, he's made his last 10. Who's feeding that information to him, Key? <laughs> Who's talking to Fangio at that moment, at that well, given time? It, it, it could either be the special, probably the special teams coach is telling him. You know, they're probably, I don't know what the weather, the wind, and stuff like that. So the special teams coach is communicating with the head coach, and he's probably asking, what do you think? And he's probably telling him, well, I don't think he struggled tonight. He's missed four so far, PAT and three field goals. I don't know. What do you think? And he's just going back and forward to the point where now all of a sudden, Z, they get down there, and you look up, and they're so close. He's like, uh-oh, why would I burn the timeouts now? Think about field goals. Last note on the Titans, why did they go get Goskowski, who Jay rightly says is a future Hall of Famer? Last year, Jay, guys— They were horrible, exactly. One of the worst field goal kicking teams in the history of the NFL. Last year, guys, they made eight, eight. field goals in 17 games. The first team since 1987 to be under 50%. They only tried 18. Eight for 18 in 17 games? Well, they started off bad, too, this year. So, And I love everybody, I love, I love everybody in the post, so we had confidence in him the whole time. Until we didn't, if he had missed it. <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and Vic's going to be answering a ton of questions this morning. Still to come, Big Ben is back. He said he'd be back. Is it enough to send the Steelers back to the Super Bowl? Key and Jay will weigh in. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Jay, you well know we're about to perhaps move closer to the NBA Finals. Let's Stan- go! Stanley Cup Final, getting yes. closer. A to Z brought to you by Redbox. Now at Redbox, stream the theatrical home release of Bill and Ted Face the Music. Starring Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Get premium access and visit redbox.com for mm. all the ways to watch. Dallas Stars got a one-timer during a power play in OT. That's the Stanley Cup playoffs for you. I'll tell you, they defeat the Vegas Golden Knights 3-2. They advance to the Stanley Cup final for the first time in 20 years. They'll either face the New York Islanders or more likely the Tampa Bay Lightning in the final. Tampa Bay leads the Eastern Conference final three games to one. They've had some early postseason flameouts, have the Lightning. They've been among the best regular season teams for years now. They're still looking to get that second Stanley Cup. Woo! They're one game away. Way to go! All right. <laughs> Woohoo! I can sense a little sarcasm there. Keep- no, let's go! Oh, you, is it over? Are you not a Kings fan? Los Angeles Kings fan? Only when they win. <laughs> well, they have won the Cup as an yeah, eight seed. And, so. and, I, and I had a Kings jersey. <laughs> 
Long live Wayne Gretzky. Billionaire Steve Cohen has reached an agreement to take majority ownership of the New York Mets. He's a big-time hedge fund manager. This is his second go-around to try to buy the team. The first one fell through. He is a lifelong Mets fan. They do need approval from 23 of the 30 owners to make this official, but it does seem to be See, a formality. That, that's the difference between him and us, Jake. When he decides he just want to just, yeah, I guess I'll buy a team. We say, well, I guess we'll just buy a watch. Right? He just, <laughs> so there's a huge difference, right? He strokes a check for billions. Ah, give me the team. I don't care. We say, oh, give us that Timex. We don't care. <laughs> Timex? Well, I mean, I, I don't, you know. I, I, you know, I'm just saying a watch. I ain't giving names away, really. You know of, what I'm saying. A lot of zeros, a lot of commas. Oh, and speaking of billionaires, although I don't think he's as rich as uh, Steve Cohen, Bucks co-owner Mark Lazary made it clear to Giannis the franchise is willing to go into the luxury tax to give him that championship-supporting cast he so badly wants. That's according to Woj. The Bucks are going to be up against the luxury tax next year. Lazary and the Greek freak met for three hours and are expected to talk again once Giannis returns from a vacation, that all according to Woj, more Eastern Conference news, Heat, Celtics, and the place the Bucks they thought they were going to be, Jay, tonight in Game 1. You'll be all over it on ESPN. I will, but they could have done this last year if they had retained Malcolm Brogdon, who they lost at Indiana Pacers. I mean, if there was a time that you needed Malcolm Brogdon on the court, it was when they struggled when Giannis was out. No question about it. He, of course, left via free agency to get a big money deal himself. Clippers. And the Nuggets, Jay, will be there for that as well with the NBA Countdown crew. That's tonight, 9 Eastern, for a right to play LeBron and company in the next round. I think that answer was an affirmative yes from Keyshawn's question. We're brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. Jay, you are the resident Giants fan. The sigh in your voice, but you got to give it up. I know your guys struggle. Big Ben, anything but. You know, Big Ben outrushed Saquon Barkley. Big Ben outrushed Saquon Barkley. Let that settle in Big Ben had nine, nine rushing yards. Saquon had six rushing yards. Look, it's the, the, opening, the opening drive I, I thought was interesting. I, I thought Daniel Jones missed, uh, he missed somebody wide open in the end zone. We missed an opportunity. But it, it, look, I, ultimately I'm okay with the way that the Giants played. We, we, I know we lost. But I think that it, look, we were playing against a Steelers team who had an incredible defense. Our O-line has issues. We talked about this yesterday. Our left tackle, left tackle was getting just rammed over each and every possession. I mean, watching this team, watching the Steelers' defense, they constantly made Danny Dimes feel pressured. That was what we talked about last year. He led the league in rookies, quarterbacks, in turnovers. He had 12, mm-hmm. even though he led them in touchdowns as well. And ultimately, it came down to Danny Dimes making plays. I mean, what, he had that 19-play drive down and then he threw a turnover he threw an interception again so look there, there's a lot of takeaways I think if you're Joe Judge for this team I like the way our defense played for 25 minutes but the Steelers are just a really you, good team you do understand it's 60 minutes in football I do that's why I said 25 minutes that's why I was very specific <laughs> look man they they were in over their heads I was never worried about the Giants beating the Steelers last night even though early in the game they, the Steelers kind of, you know, they had to settle in. It's it's the first game of the season, and Ben's coming back. They had to settle in. But when I look at the Giants, the Giants, and this Danny Dimes, they need to just drop that nickname. I mean, it, why? Really, because he's not there. He's not did like you, did that. Did you see the 42-yard touchdown pass yes, to Darius Slayton? It, it, it was Like, it he was, shows flashes of was, brilliance, so. I know you're a fan, and I get it. It's like I am with the Lakers. I got it. You get emotionally attached, and you feel a certain way. I got it. 
That play was designed perfect. Everything was perfect. Okay, okay. Mika Fitzpatrick settled his feet. The deep post over the top, the deep crosser in front of Mika, he settled, throw it over the top. We drew it up perfectly. Everything was perfect. There was no pressure. The play action, the ball in the belly of the back, throw it, touchdown. When things got going and it became stressful, you saw a young quarterback panic. The interception that was tipped, or he basically tipped it and hit his hand, when he's going, running away, throw the ball in the damn stands, not a back against the grain in the middle of the field with four or five Pittsburgh Steelers around. It's going to get intercepted. Nobody was open, but that's the stress that you put on a young quarterback when you don't surround him with great talent. The offensive line speaks for itself. We know what that offensive line is, but they don't have any outside of Saquon Barkley, Ingram the tight end, and to a degree, Shepard the to a degree. Your best wide receiver is in Cleveland. You didn't like his hair and his attitude, but every receiver that's dominant in the National Football League comes with some sort of attitude. You want that. You want that on your football team. You don't have that right now. And I'm sure Danny Dimes would love to have OBJ. You traded him for Jabril Jabril Peppers, a safety, that you probably could have gotten in the draft or in free agency – and still have the top receiver on your team that you just gave a bunch of money to. It just, when I look at it, it just made no sense to me when I'm watching their offense at all. And their defense is, I mean, their defense did okay, but not great. Much more on OBJ coming up with our NFL insider, Dan Graziano. He'll join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line at 7 Eastern. Last quick thought. You should have seen, if you were waiting to watch the second game, Ben Roethlisberger walking off the field with Mike Tomlin, clutching that game ball like he didn't want to give. It was like his baby. He didn't want to give it up. After everything, Jay, he had gone through, the injury, they walked arm in arm, hand in hand, so to speak, back to the locker room together to meet the other guys. You could tell for a guy that's won a couple Super Bowls and has done a ton of great stuff and he's had a lot of ups and downs in his careers, that was an amazing moment for him. Just a reminder, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, Brought to you by ESPN Audio at Home via your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at Home brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. Still to come, everybody was ready to judge Joe Judge before game number one. Now that it's in the books, what do Key and Jay think? And our Giants insider on everything Judge said you need to know on the way. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit calling the game last night on Monday Night Football. They're usually calling the best college game of the week. It was great to see. Anytime so good. They were great. And anytime someone made a catch, they made sure to tell you what college they went to, which I thought was awesome, right? <laughs> Just to kind of put you back in the mode of where they are. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Everybody joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Jordan Renan. He is our ESPN Giants reporter, 24-7, 365 with the G-Men. All right, Jordan, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's get straight to it. What did you see, and what are people saying about Daniel Jones' performance last night? Yeah, see, the thing with Daniel Jones is, and this is what it was last year, right? Daniel Jones from Duke, by the way. Uh, you, you know, Daniel Jones, 12, 12 starts last year, 20 turnovers, right? But he did a lot of good things, so it, gives you, it gave you hope, right? Okay, now he just has to cut out the fumbling, cut out the turnovers. But again, you saw a lot of good things from Daniel Jones, but there was the two turnovers, so you're kind of stuck in the same spot that you were before with Daniel Jones. You've got to cut out those bad plays. And specifically, we're talking about the one near the end zone, right? I mean, they're on an 18-play drive. They're driving the field. It's 16-10 at the time. They're, they're potentially going to take the lead. They're inside the 10-yard line. He sees the pressure. He's scrambling out. He's really just trying to throw the ball out of bounds, but he tries to throw it out of maybe the back of the end zone, gets his arm hit. It's just a, one of those plays, and, and, and what Joe Judge said afterwards is, you know, we have to cut that out, and it's unacceptable. That, that's the kind of turnover that Daniel Jones in his second year you were hoping didn't make, right? The good news, at least, is at least he didn't fumble, right? Last year, that was, the, one of the, that was really the big problem. So... I mean, there's positives to take from this game from Daniel Jones, but still, you know, two more turnovers. Last year, 20 turnovers and 12 starts. It's basically two turnovers a game. Same pace again this year right now. Just throw the ball in the stands on the sideline. Anyway, Jordan. Uh, exactly. they couldn't throw it on the sideline. That was the thing. He tried to throw it out of bounds in the back of the end. So. Yeah, they couldn't get Saquon Barkley going whatsoever. 15 no. carries, six yards, uh, you know, 0.4, seven-yard long. It, when you look at it, what was the problem with him being able to get going? Yeah, well, they, they just couldn't get him room. I mean, just think about how hard that is to do in an NFL game, especially when you're as talented as Saquon Barkley. 0.4 yards per, per carry. 0.4. So, you know, think about how little that is. That's like, you know, 0.4 yards per carry for a guy like Saquon Barkley. In order for that to happen, a lot of things have to happen. And number one is they, he has no room to run. The Steelers were in the backfield consistently. And, they were there, and this is part of the Giants' problem. They have to get their offensive line right. They've been trying to do it now for years. Dave Gettleman said a few weeks ago he thought that they were finally had the right pieces in place. They just had to get used to playing with each other. Well, you know, no preseason, uh, shortened training camp. You could tell that this was a new group. You have a center who, quite frankly, had never played center before. You have Cameron Fleming at right tackle, who, for the most part in his career, has been a swing tackle. And then at left tackle, you have a rookie, 
And that's what it looked like for the Giants. But on the other side, when you're Saquon Barkley, you have to be honest. He also needs to do better. I mean, he had a drop pass. He had a play where uh, he he missed the blitzer and he allowed a sack. So if you're Saquon Barkley and you're the best player on the Giants team and the best playmaker on the Giants team, which he is, he has to do better as well. So I think the blame really falls on a lot of guys, and, and Saquon Barkley included, but that offensive line is number one. They need to get that fixed. Jordan, that's been our ongoing problem for a while. And, you know, Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, these guys are just throwing them like rag dogs. When you talk about taking the blame, not only Saquon Barkley for not being better, but how – I mean, when do we start actually holding Dave Gettleman way more accountable? Is he on the hot seat? What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, the Giants, they need to show improvement. That's what John Maris said when they walk up the field this year, him and Steve Tisch, the other co the other owner, need to sit there and say – we're making progress. We're headed in the right direction. I can see this team eventually, you know, going going back to the Super Bowl in the future. That they're in that in that direction. Uh, but you have to be honest. I mean, the Giants are the worst team in the NFL over the last three years. The worst team in the NFL, right, record-wise, over the last three years. Now, Dave Gettleman was only there two out of three years, but he can't afford another really bad season. They can't afford another four and 12. I mean, Joe judge is building something there. He's the new coach and he came in, you know, comes in hot and, you know, with all his new techniques and gained a lot of attention and he's trying to build something, but Mm. Dave Gettleman is not on the same schedule as Joe judge. So they can't afford for Daniel Jones. Dave Gettleman at least can't afford for Daniel Jones, not to make steps and make progress this year or the team to go another four and 12, or 5-11. and 11. I mean, the last three years, they've won three games, five games, and four games. You know, so how much longer are people willing to wait? And he said that offensive line, he thought had the pieces in place to have it right. Did it look like that last night? Nope. I don't think so. So no. <laughs> that, that's going to be a big referendum on Dave Gettleman, is how that offensive line comes together. Because if, if last night was, was a was – a, Precursor of what's going to happen for the rest of the year? Yeah, Dave Gettleman is going to be on the hot seat because he hasn't gotten that fixed yet, and it didn't look last night like it's it's actually really close to being fixed at all. When you look at some of the decisions that Gettleman's made in the draft, obviously mm-hmm. drafting Danny Dimes, but DeAndre Baker, one that they completely missed on in terms of first-round pick. They might as well just have given that away to somebody else. Not necessarily surrounding a quarterback with skill position talent, both in free agency as well as in the draft. I know that they went out and got Darius Slayton, but at the same time, there's more to be had that he hasn't gotten done yet. How much is that going to weigh on him? Well, here's the deal, Keith, right? If he hasn't gotten the right skill position and help for Daniel Jones, then what have the Giants done? Because think about it. They've picked in the top six, three straight years now. Okay? So who did they pick in those three years? They picked Saquon Barkley. They picked uh, Andrew Thomas this year, who's, who's the end Daniel Jones. Andrew Thomas is his left tackle. And the year before, even though Gettleman wasn't there, they picked Evan Ingram. So you're talking about all offensive players. So if they don't have the right players there on offense, first of all, the team is going to be terrible if that's not the case because they made all those investments on offense. This offense has to be good. How many points did the Giants score last night? 16, and, and, and you know one was a, a late touchdown. 
Like they have to, this, this team is going to win games and be in the right direction. They have to have the right pieces there on offense because that's where they've made their investment. Their defense, it, you, you, it's not expected to be that good because they haven't put those, the, those big investments. So it's up to Saquon Barkley being the, you know, the star that they, they think he is. It's up to Evan Ingram, who was awful last night, had a terrible game, to step up and be a significant playmaker. Uh, Darius Slayton looks like they actually hit one there. That, that's Dave Gettleman's best pick. Uh, he looks like he's a real player. But Sterling Shepard, they need to get golden tape back. And that's the thing. They have Daniel Jones has yet to play a single snap, not one, with all of his playmakers healthy. And now we're on his 13th career start and spanning into two seasons right now. Very, so, yeah. The Giants better hope they have those skill positions right. They can hope. Obviously, they got the Bears this weekend. It's a matchup of two teams that have embattled general managers and young quarterbacks that really need to prove something. Trubisky proved something certainly on Sunday. Daniel Jones, plenty left to prove after his 13th career start. He is now 3-10 and as a starter. That's our ESPN Giants reporter, Jordan Renan. But to Jay's point, what a lot of other people have said, yeah, despite being 3-9 and nine last year, you do see some flashes. That first game last year when he came off the bench against Tampa to rally them to a win. <laughs> Another sigh here. It's tough, well, man. It, 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 well, it's, it's frustrating when, you know, and, and listening to Jordan talk about the pieces that they were able to surround uh, Daniel Jones with, and he makes a point. Evan Ingram, you talk about, you know, Saquon Barkley, they, they, they have some of the pieces, but it, it comes down ultimately to the decision-making of Danny Dimes. And as Key alluded to, it was a really bad decision. And you, you feel like as you watch the – I'm not going to be this person that gets up here and says, well, his second year, I'm done. He's not the answer. You know, he doesn't fit the scheme. I, I, I think he has a chance to be a big-time player. It's just a matter of them actually having the O-line to protect him to actually make him feel like he has time in the pocket to actually make those throws so he can go through his progressions. Fair enough. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including NFL insider Dan Graziano with the latest on a former giant, OBJ. And if there's a giant fracture between Baker and Mm. OBJ, that's coming up at 7 Eastern. All right, so, Key, I'm not going to put this all on Gettleman. But if you think about the last three Giants coaches, as you guys know, one of the most staid conservative organizations, one of the most successful organizations, their last three coaches, Ben McAdoo, <laughs> Pat Shermer, and right now the unproven Joe Judge, who has a lot to prove to a lot of people with his background and experience when so, compared to other people that didn't get opportunities. So those are the last three for that. That's the organization of Parcells and Coughlin when you think about it, right? Yeah, but when you think about those three coaches... Basically, they all were new at their job as head coaches, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ben McAdoo kind of fell into that after, you know, a little bit of the yeah. to Coughlin in the back. Right. Mm-hmm. A little early of, success. <laughs> <laughs> we laughing. And I just see. Yeah, a little stab, stab the in the back there. to Coughlin, got the job, didn't work out so well, boom, gone. Uh, who's the second? Shermer, uh, who's Shermer. now in Denver. You saw him last night. But, I mean, come on. They should have never hired him either, right? That's why they got rid of him so fast. And now, Joe Judge. We don't know what he is as a coach yet. I mean, they lost last night, but we really don't know. It doesn't seem right, but who knows? And I think when you start to look at it, when I talk about surrounding the quarterback with talent, I understand Golden Tate is injured, and I understand he's on the sidelines. When you have Saquon Barkley, Ingram at the tight end, in Shepard at the receiver, in Darius Slayton, that's that's what you got. You need to figure out from Jason Gear from an offensive standpoint, you need to put protections in on the offensive line 
to protect the quarterback so he can get the football to those guys. If you know that the Pittsburgh Steelers are stuffing the run game and Saquon Barkley can't get an inch, now we need to figure out how how else do we get him involved in the game plan, whether it's screens, whether it's detaching him from the line of scrimmage and, and allowing the Pittsburgh Steelers now to deploy a linebacker or strong safety to cover him in pass coverage. We got to do some things to get the ball in our best player's hands. Now we need to get Shepard going. Okay, Ingram had a few drops. So what? We need to figure out how to fix that. If Darius Slayton is the the top guy at the receiver position, he needs to be eaten consistently, but we need to protect the offensive line. Two tight ends, bring in a fullback. Whatever it needs, we need to do. If we need to slide the protections away from TJ Watt or slide them better yet away from him or to him. Whatever you need to do, you need to figure out how to get the quarterback going because two years from now, we'll be talking about if its quarterback is capable of having a future or not. When you miss on first-round picks, much like they did with DeAndre Baker, that sets your franchise back, believe it or not. I let go of Dave Gettleman before I let go of Danny Dimes. Well, no, I'm not saying let him go. I'm just saying two two years from now, the conversation will be, is he for the future? I I hear you, but it's – you need the and, and Jordan said it specifically. You have to address the O line issue. We we first off, I'm not going to blow this out of proportion as it relates to the Steelers. They have the best pass rusher defense there is in the league. Seeing those guys like Dupree and seeing Watt, I mean, they were tossing people like rag dolls. It was a joke. It was a joke. There was no room for Saquon Barkley to even pipe the ball down the middle. So I, I'm not going to blow this out of proportion and blow this team up off one game. I do like the signs of encouragement that I did see. But ultimately, you have to give Danny time in the pocket to make those decisions. He's making mistakes, but still he's always under duress when he's making those mistakes. He has to be better at that. But eventually, that's going to fall on Dave Gettleman, 9-24 and Well, it, in his it, position. That's his record, 9-24. and The offensive line necessarily does it, – it falls on Dave Gettleman, but the scheme – from a protection standpoint, falls on the offensive coordinator, the offensive line coach. They have to put protections in that will give Danny Dimes, I don't want to call him Danny Dimes. Let's call him Danny Jones. There you go. (laughs) I I already know where you're going calling him Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones, self-proclaimed nicknames. The best opportunity to succeed, whether it's slide again, whether it's getting him out on the perimeter, whether it's sliding the protections, whether it's leaving people in to chip the ends, T.J. Watt coming off the end, you leave people in to chip him and, 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 and disrupt his pass rush. Those are things that you do when you are game planning. Those are second-half adjustments at halftime that you get on the board with your team and you draw up so that he can have success. If you're not doing that, you're setting him up for failure, period. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Mako. Mako's ready to fix those dents, repair that collision damage, spray on a fresh coat of paint with online estimates, contactless service, and their best price guarantee. Come to Mako and roll out refresh. Go to Mako.com to get started and find a shop near you. Uh-oh. Better get Mako. Jay, let's go back to you on the Gettleman point. Gettleman is in his second tour of duty. You mentioned his record currently with the Giants in this rebuilding project as the general manager. In his first tour of duty, he was with the organization for 15 years. He was generally in a pro-personnel role. Key had mentioned the Giants are sort of the organization that does love to dip into their own. 
They even consulted Bill Belichick on bringing in Joe Judge because Belichick was the defensive coordinator under old head coach Bill Parcells, so they loved that. But in Carolina, Dave Gettleman was a general manager from 2013 to 2017. Yes. They made the Super Bowl in 2015. They won the division three straight years and essentially had the best three-year run in team history. So a lot of people felt that Gettleman does have a pretty good resume as he returns to the Giants. But sometimes, I guess that's in the eye of the beholder. I mean, what are you doing for me now? Right? It's great that you've done all that stuff back then, but are you producing for us right now? And that's the problem. It's, it's not getting done right now. Look, if I were to ask Key, over or under five games you think the Giants would win, what, do you, what would you say? I'll put them right at five. Right at five. All right, so that means in the, in the last four years, three and 13, five and 11, four and 12, and then probably five and 11 again. And then when you Oof. talk about his duties with the Carolina Panthers, that resume is kind of like it's a resume that ain't really – until you really check it out and really dive deep into it. Call the references? Yeah, call the references <laughs> to find out what it really is. Now, he picked some players, but the majority of the Super Bowl run they had in 2015, those players were already on their roster from Marty, Marty Herney, who's now the general manager again with the Carolina Panthers. And he ran off so many players from Carolina that can't stand him in Dave Gettleman. They, they, they walked away not saying positive things about the general manager. And so when you start to look at those sort of things, you go, his arrogance when he drafted Danny Dimes, his arrogance when he moved OBJ, just his whole attitude. Now, I'm on the outside looking in from afar, but I ain't no damn fool. I know what I see. I've been around the league for a long time. Yeah, It just doesn't sit well with me. You know, it's just like, I, I don't know if he's long for the job, right? I, I just don't. I thought Jerry Reese did a hell of a job at drafting players and building the team. His predecessor. His predecessor with the Giants. Now, in this business, it's not for long. It's like an assembly line. Mm -hmm. They get on, they get off. They get on, they get off. He'll eventually probably wind up getting off, and somebody else will wind up getting on. We are moving towards uh, another referendum in November of a much larger scale. But in terms of... Dave Gettleman, is it as simple as this, especially since you say maybe the Carolina thing is somebody else? Is it as simple as this? If Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. <laughs> I know, we keep calling him Daddy Dimes, Daniel Jones. I got to start calling him Daniel Jones. Because we know man. Saquon's going to work. That was just a one off yesterday. I, I right? can, me and you can pick that blindfolded. Right. So let's say Daniel Jones works. Is Dave Gettleman on that one pick, a true referendum, a yes, no binary decision? If Daniel Jones is the quarterback that Gettleman says he is, does he basically say, all y'all, all you critics, look at me now? Well, it depends on when he develops, right? If he develops five years from now and Gettleman's not here, who who developed him? Was it Jason Garrett or was it a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach? Like, who developed him? Gettleman will be 74 years old in you know, five years. Like, think, think about, about who yeah. developed him at that point in time. So when you when you start looking at – Players, there's going to be players that I'm sure Dave Gettleman will draft, like a Darnay Holmes, a young corner from UCLA out west in the Pac-12 conference that I love, that I thought played exceptionally well out of the nickel last night for them at times. He, based on where he was drafted, that value pick will turn out to be something good. But then when you draft a guy, and I go back to it, you draft a guy and you ignore the red flags on a DeAndre Baker out of Georgia and you take him and you have to cut him a year later, it's like, okay, 
or or is Andre Thomas going to work out long term at left tackle, or, or are you going to be looking for somebody else to play that spot? Yeah. In two years. Well, to keep an eye on that, Baker is looking at some serious prison time. Andrew Thomas with his first game yesterday protecting Daniel Jones. On the way, Gettleman. I was going to say, last night watching the game, too, I was like, man, I miss OBJ. <laughs> or, 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 I, I, miss, I miss OBJ. You Just, move OBJ because uh, he kicked the net. I missed him. Gettleman said he didn't sign him blind. to trade him. Are the Browns thinking about doing just that? To Jay's point, we'll talk about it next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.